Hey everybody, Aaron Zams out, FRF Podcast. Should fitness testing be mandated in the fire service? Let's talk about it. I think you are going to be surprised by my answers. You're listening to the Fire Rescue Athlete Podcast with Aaron Zamzow, talking all things health and fitness for the first responder community. So let's talk a little bit about fitness assessments today, everybody. And I'm going to start off by saying, look, I don't think that fitness testing should be mandatory in the fire service. And I know right now you're probably thinking, what in the heck? Zam is either drunk on tequila, had too much ice cream, but hear me out on this. For many, many years, I have been on the side of, yeah, we need to really start to push um, our members to get annual fitness testing and fitness testing and fitness testing. And as I've stepped back a little bit and really watched, I, I kind of think, look, I honestly, I believe that we've gotten it wrong, right? So I'm going to throw this out on the table and I'm probably going to offend a lot of people and a lot of agencies, but I believe that this needs to be talked about a lot more than what it is. Before we even think about testing for fitness, we need to test our frontline members for skills, right? There's no other profession in the world that I know of that doesn't necessarily require its members or its, you know, the, the participants to, uh, to do continuing education or continuing skills training. And here's what I'm talking about. Like if you're an accountant, you got to do, you know, CCs to make sure that you stay up to date on all the the new tax laws and everything else. And like football players, they have assessments. Uh, basketball players have physical assessments. They have performances that they're actually graded on. Um, and that's what determines their contracts. But in the fire service, in most cases, we do what? A test, a fitness test to get hired. And then once that happens, very few fire departments then say accountability or have accountability tests physically for their departments. Now it's becoming more and more popular, but I think even in some of those cases, we miss the boat. Here's what I'm talking and here's what I'm really getting at, right? The mile and a half test. So that's on the WFI, I believe. Um, this, this, um, you know, how fast you can run a, the mile and a half and it correlates to VO2 sub max or VO2 uh, max score. And I understand why they're doing it, right? But you, you talk to the normal firefighter and they're like, hey, I'm not a good runner. And then they might be right, because if you're good at a mile and a half, that doesn't necessarily transfer to you being able to drag a victim or put up a ladder, right? Um, likewise, if you can bench press a house, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to put two or three tasks together in, in a row at, uh, on the fire ground or rescue scene. So really, you know, I, I like to, to ask them, so what are we doing here? If you're doing push-up tests, if you're doing a plank test, if you're doing a a deadlift test or a bench press test or a, a VO2 submax on a on a treadmill, what are you really finding out? You know, even FMS, which is the functional movement screen, uh, a lot of departments have gone to that. And I've looked for the data, folks. I've looked at the research, uh, what limited there is. And, you know, there are some correlations uh, out there. There's some research articles that say, hey, if you can, you know, uh, bench press this much or upper body strength can be relative to um, performance evaluation, and they do like a either a three or four exercise or a three or four um, skill test, and the correlations um, can be drawn that way. One of the most popular correlations that I found in all the research that I've done, um, as far as relating fitness uh, assessments to uh, performance, is that uh, even in the military, what it shows is that members that have high body composition perform worse. 
members that have a body composition or in, in, in some cases a BMI, if they're within the normal ranges or low, they actually correlate to better performance overall on all the different um, skills assessments or all the different uh, performance assessments that are done in these uh, research articles. And yet, you know, when we look at fire departments, you know, a lot of times you chiefs or, or um, you know, members want to do these health and wellness screens and, and, um, and, you know, arguably I, I understand both sides of this, right? We want to try to track how our members are um, in, in health and fitness. Um, but don't we also want to know that they can do the job, that we can do the job. And here's what I'm getting at folks, right? I'm not saying don't do fitness testing, but what I'm saying is how can we correlate that fitness testing to performance? There is no real performance value, um, or, uh, test that we can do that's universal and there needs to be. And so what I actually have is a solution. So now you're like, okay, dude get to the point. Here's what I think needs to happen in the fire service. Before you even think about fitness testing, you need to make sure that you hold your members accountable for the minimum skills. And here's what I'm talking about. When you look at that job description, that job description says you must be able to, um, you know, lift 80 pounds, which is like a, a normal weight of a ladder. You must be able to drag a victim. You must be able to pull hose line. That's all in the job description. And we all know that we need to do that in order to get hired in most cases, because that's part of a CPAT test or a PAT. We also need to hold our members accountable to that year to year. And I don't, I'm not saying let's do this to get rid of anybody in the fire service. I'm saying let's do this as far as what are the minimum standards and minimum skills that we want our members to be able to do every single year. And I like to break it down into this. It's very simple. Four engine operations or four engine um skills for ladder skills in an air consumption drill. And when I say air consumption drill, I'm not talking about flipping tires and saving babies and dragging giraffes and wrestling with alligators. I'm just talking about a general air consumption drill where you do, you do with your crew, you follow your rules of air management in a, let's say a high rise situation. So you go on air, you carry up your gear, three flights of steps, put your gear down, walk down the hallway, 100 feet, walk back, grab your gear, walk down three flights of steps, and you do that until you get to Amber or whatever your SOG says that you need to notify your commanding officer, hey, I'm on Amber, and then go up. It, like in my department, it's on Amber. You need to notify your, your lieutenant so they can make arrangements to get you out of that IDLH environment. That's the simple, that's your basic right there. That's your minimum. Look, you're following what your policy states and, um, you know, you're, you're following also, uh, you know, what's applicable, right? That could happen any single day to any single person on any shift. And, you know, so you should be held accountable for that every year. As far as engine skills and engine um, uh, kind of operations, like my department, we have 24 foot extension ladders. We have um, some uh, electrical fans, you know, we have five inch LDH and we have, you know, anywhere from inch and three quarter to, to two and a half inch um, hose line. So the four skills that I would say our department is, look, you got to go throw your 24 foot roof ladder or uh, extension ladder. And you can make this like, you know, grab extension ladder from truck, walk 30 feet, put up ladder, extend it to the highest rung place against building, walk over, grab LDH, spread it a hundred yards or hundred feet back to a hydrant and hook up to a hydrant, walk back to the engine, 
grab a uh, electrical fan and set up 30 feet um, away from the engine. Then grab inch and three quarter, pull it a hundred feet, flow water. You can actually assess all those things. One, two, three, four. And in academy settings, you can grade your members on how well they do those skills, right? So you do that for engine. For ladder, it would be climbing the aerial 75 feet. For us, it's, um, you know, raising a, or, uh, you know, climbing up, you know, 20 feet, throwing a 16 foot roof ladder. Um, the other part of uh, uh, ladder ops would be dragging a victim, you know, 25 feet down and back, right? Um, and then the fourth thing is taking extrication gear out of the cabinet, walking 20 feet and raising up a cone, like operate it, raise up a cone. A couple of things that you're getting here is A, it takes physical fitness to do all those things, especially if you do them one, two, three, four. B, you're testing skills and you're also testing your members' awareness of where things are and how you use them. Um, and then, you know, I think C, it also gives you teaching moments to, to see where people can improve form and see where people can become more efficient. And my hypothesis, my, my, um, thought process is look, have departments. If you don't have that in place, set that up through your training division, right? Every year people are, are, they just got to do these four simple uh, engine ops, these four simple ladder ops, and an air consumption drill. Look, maybe it's every other two years, okay? And with your recruits, start putting some numbers to this, right? Grade them on technique, on speed, on efficiency, okay? Um, you can even add a category for strength, whatever it might be, but you start grading them. And then now we go do our fitness testing. And I think you should also include in that fitness testing body composition. And there's really some effective and, and efficient ways to do that um, really quickly. Uh, you can also do the BMI, but I'll talk about that in a second, right? So now you're going to do, okay, we're going to do um, some exercises or assessments that they offer in the WFI. So we're going to do push-ups. We're going to do body weight squats. We're going to do, um, you know, modified body roll. We're going to do plank, and then we're going to do uh, a mile and a half treadmill run. And see there, right? You get that. That's your data. And now correlate it with the skills assessments. And all of a sudden, we start to accumulate data within our own department and validate these fitness assessments a lot more than what we are doing. And I'll tell you, getting to BMI, I've, I've worked in departments all over the country. And um, we, there's a lot of people in the fire service that are ex-athletes. And they see themselves in the mirror a little bit differently than they really are, right? Um, how many times have you heard someone say, well, the BMI doesn't represent me because I have, <laughs> I got a lot of mass, right? I got a lot of muscle. And you know, when you, when I love to look at those people and go, no, you just got fat over the years, right? I, let's, let's be honest. But I know our mindset is BMI is not accurate. Okay. Which uh, cor uh, contrary to what most people believe, I have some research that says BMI does correlate with performance on the fire ground. Uh, there's not a lot of data behind that, but there are some research articles that show that. My take on it is, okay, body composition does not lie. When you're at 24, 25, 26%, it's an eye-opening experience um, to really say, okay. And now people can't say, oh, I am big boned or muscle weighs more than fat. When you're getting that number in front of you and it says, no, you don't have as much muscle as you think. And, and then you can say then too, well, look at your times or your scores on these skills, right? Aren't that great as well. And we can draw those correlations within our department. Now your, your active members that have been on for 20, 30, whatever years, are they going to buy into this? 
Maybe, maybe not. But you're you're talking about a culture shift within the entire fire service. So start with your recruits and make it, you know, part of their culture. And eventually, what happens is that that ch- culture changes. Especially now, we got a we got a lot of people who are going to be retiring from the fire service in the next couple of years. And I'm not saying this to to get people to say, hey, you know, we're going to lose a lot of firefighters. We're going to lose a lot of people if we're holding them to these things. I really don't believe that because these are the basic skills that everybody needs to do to be able to ride that truck, right? To be able to ride that engine. And so, uh, you know, especially for career departments, you know, when I'm a, if I'm a Lieutenant in that front seat, I want to look behind me and I, and I want to know, okay, those two people back there, three people, wherever you might be, they can do A, B and C and D. They can do E, F, G and H, and they've been on air, you know, at least once in, in the year and they understand it. And, um, and to me, that's the way we need to start our focus, especially if you're a department that's looking at doing a health and wellness program, start off this way, start off with, Hey, we're going to start just assessing people's skills. We're not going to make it mandatory this first year or two years. Um, but we're, this is out there. Crews are going to have to be responsible eventually for, Hey, you got to do one, two, three, and four. If you're on the engine, you got to do one, two, three, and four, if you're on the ladder. And then we're going to start doing just a, a regular basic air consumption drill. But if you start that also, then at the same time, you launch fitness programming, right? Okay. We're going to give you resources that it's going to make you more strong, more mobile. Um, it's going to help with your cardiovascular recovery, going to give you more core strength, more functional strength to help you do those skills more efficiently. And so start with, this is the culture we're going to. Here are the skills, the minimum skills we want everybody to be accountable for. Here are the fitness resources that will help you um, be more efficient uh, with those skills. And then the third phase of that would be now trying to correlate what fitness assessments correlate to those skills and that performance. Um, and I believe like as an industry, we need to start just looking at these. Now, the other cool part about this idea is that it doesn't cost departments a lot of money because you have ladders, you have hose lines, you have engines, you have all those things. You just need to draw the parameters up of the skills. Okay. Make them basic, base them off of the job description. And then for fitness testing, start with the basics, start with, you know, as many pushups as you can do in a minute. How long can you hold a plank up to a three minute, you know, do body weight squat, do, you know, a five rep max on deadlifts. Maybe if that's what you want to do, you know, my, my whole thing, my actual, um, idea on the fitness assessments is make it things that they can do on their own in most cases, because then they'll start incorporating them in to their own workouts and they'll start improving that way. Also, you know, so like, you know, with FRF, our programs, you do a, a, you know, uh, as many pushups as you can in a minute, you rest a minute, do as many squats, body weight as you can in a minute. Um, you know, then you do as many body rows, then you do as many burpees. Now burpees, does that correlate with VO2 sub max? I don't know, but this is a great way to start. Okay. You can also do a Harvard step test, which is a three minute test that does correlate with sub VO2 max, um, functional movements, pick one or two screens and just grade people on that. Um, because a it's quicker and B, um, you know, we're just trying to draw these correlations. And why do we want to draw correlations? One, data drives the organization, number one. And number two, data is going to really um, help with buy-in from the members. 
Because right now, what is the fire service saying? What are your members saying? How does uh, running a mile and a half correlate with me being able to throw a ladder? How does me holding the plank uh, correlate with me being able to climb the aerial quickly? And in some cases, they're right. Now, the research actually, when you dig into it, shows, okay, people that have better, have a um, lower body composition, have um, upper body endurance and upper body strength perform better on all the fire ground tasks. Okay. But in order to put that in, in the face of the fire service or in the face of your members, you have to draw these correlations. Okay. Just like BMI, right? Like I said, I've been all over the country and I've been to different departments and, you know, in, in large groups where I do presentations, I kind of say, Hey folks, look in the mirror, right? And this is something I have had to do being a fitness person. You know, I, I went through that whole, like, well, BMI, I got, you know, it's because I got muscle. Well, when I did my body composition test, you know, uh, I went through a little COVID issue with, uh, you know, kind of getting out of shape a little bit. And um, when I stepped on that, that analysis or did my analysis, it was humbling, but it motivated me to get better. Right. And that's really what it comes down to. Uh, eventually, when I talk about this the next time, three, four, five years from now, we start talking about, hey, the data really shows fire departments all over the country are coming out and saying, hey, our members that are lower body composition are doing the job better. Right. And then the next step of this, let's let's think about this. So we do minimum skills every year or two years, including an air consumption drill, because that should that's part of our skill. You do fitness testing on the other year. So, you know, year one, we're going to do minimum skills. Year two, we do fitness testing. Year three, uh, we do a correlation of that, right? And then, then we start all over again the next year, do the skills again. Do, and, and we can start to draw conclusions then with fitness testing and data behind performance. And then we can even look at, oh, let's look at sick time and let's look at injuries and see if we can start drawing correlations with that. Hey, anybody who's got a lower body composition is actually not injured as much as those who have a higher body composition or don't call in sick, okay? Now, I know your next question is, well, Zam, what are we doing? Where are you going with this then? Well, it's a lot easier to get buy-in when you have the data behind it, right? If, if I go to these conferences and I tell people, look, it's imperative that you get a lower body composition and that you maintain a healthy weight because data shows us this and we have empirical data. There is some there now, um, but a lot of people, like I said, they go back to that BMI, hey, uh, muscle weighs more than fat. Um, and, and so this is a twofold message. One is let's hold people just a, a little bit more accountable to the skills. Two, let's think a little bit more about relating fitness to the job. And three, how can we then market to people and the members of the fire service, you know, our firefighters, EMTs and medics to get them to buy in. And, um, and I think this is the, the way to do it. Um, again, this is something that has been on my chest for a couple of years. I'm, I'm starting to write some articles about it. I'd really love your input. You can either say I'm onto something or I'm on something, uh, hate me if you like. Um, but let me reiterate, I'm not trying to get people to lose their jobs. I'm just saying, let's just hold each other accountable for these basics skills and then you know make sure that we have the resources that are going to help us do those skills and then let's draw a correlative data behind 
what physical fitness traits help us with that, these skills, and which correlate to our job. And uh, I hope you think, comment on it, right? Reach out to me. Let me know uh, your thoughts, your ideas. I'm going to keep posting about this. There's going to be videos. There's going to be articles. This is just a start. I had to get this off my chest. I hope it makes a little bit of sense. Again, if I'm on something or on something, let me know. And also let me know what I can do to help you and your crew get FRF. Thanks for listening to the Fire Rescue Athlete Podcast with Aaron Zamzow. Please link and share if you'd like more.